Well, hello and welcome everybody. This is Kendi Foster. And today we have a very important show. We're calling this show The Courage to Create Wealth. And this show is all about you really taking your business and your life really to the next level. You know, there's a lot still going on out there. I know they're opening up some of the cities uh, around the country right now, but now what? What happens now? Well, you know, I, there's a quote I'd like to give you as I start this show. It's from a guy by the name of Lee Miltler. And he says this, <clears throat> there are a lot of courageous people out there. We need to shield our minds from those who wish to dominate and control us. Pay strict attention to the messages you are being force-fed daily and from whom. No one source other than the intuitive part of you can be trusted. Trust your gut. If things don't feel right, that's because something's not right. Protect yourself from what looks like the majority rule. Now is the time to embrace your inner wisdom. I really resonate with that. I do think that we have uh, a lot of media. We get a lot of sort, a lot of, a lot of information from a lot of people, and you know it's it's difficult sometimes to sort out some of that. But I have to say this: that when we can transcend our cognitive dissonance, when we can open ourselves up to seeing new things and and applying new principles in our life, things can change and they can change rapidly for all of us. You know, this is really a time to step up uh, and see what we're really made of. You know, are we determined? Are we success-minded? Are we positive? Are we in service to others? You know, are we powerful beyond measure? Are we in a place where we're really buying into the group worry, think, fear, and concern? I'm not saying not to be cautious. There, some of you, you really do need to be cautious. You know, if you're older, elderly, or if you have underlying health conditions, I believe if it's me, I'm staying at home. I'm isolating myself sending other people out to buy groceries and what have you. But if you're a healthy individual, you're somebody that has a positive mindset, you've taken care of your body, you've taken care of your mind. Listen, this is the time to step up and really look at what's going on. There's a lot of opportunity that is coming for a lot of us. Um, if you're a person like me who's in service to a lot of people and you're an entrepreneur, there are so many opportunities that are coming up to really help you to take your business and your life to the next level. Listen, I want to get right to my guest today. His name is uh, Robert Kiyosaki. He's best known for being the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the number one book uh, of all time for personal finance. Um, he's challenged in, um, tens of millions of people to really step up and look at what their money issues are and be able to change those thinkings, uh, that thinking around about money. He's an entrepreneur. He's an educator. He's an investor who believes the world needs more entrepreneurs, which I do too. Robert, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Uh, thank you. And congratulations on all your success. It's great. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, we've got a lot of, lot of uh, fans that just like to follow us and, uh, you know, get the word out. Uh, there's, there's a lot of positive things happening in the world, but there's also a lot of challenges going on right now. Listen, you've, you've been through some tough times in your life. I'm reading your bio. You've um, had a couple financial collapses during your life, you've, uh, but you've overcome that. I know people are struggling right now. I kind of like to take a little dive into that. If people are hurting financially right now, what's, uh, what's some of your best advice for those people right now? Well, I was listening to, uh, I do a lot of, I read a lot of finance books, but also a lot of spiritual books. Yeah. And my wife, Kim and I were in an Eckhart Tolle, um, webinar, seminar, and he was talking about what happens when, let's say, stress or something happens. Mm. 
we have a choice at that moment to push into greater calm and peace and presence, or you can push into fear. And so we all have the choice of how we respond, you know, good or bad to whatever happens to us. And over the years, you know, I just turned 73. And me personally, sometimes the worst times in my life was when I was successful because it went to my head. And I got cocky, arrogant, the ego takes over and all that. And then some of the, in retrospect, some of the best things that happened to me were the times I lost it all. And then I had to self introspect, you know, like look in the mirror, ask myself what caused me to get here. So if I was sitting at home right now or wherever you're sitting and saying to yourself, why am I in this? If it's a bad situation for you or you're afraid about your future, the question is, how did you get there? You know, what would you do or think differently? And, you know, for many people, they get there because they just kind of follow the crowd. You know, they went to school, they got a job, <clears throat> they're, you know, they turned the money over to a financial planner and they, life's good. But then when something as big as this Corona crisis is, uh, it's changing the rules of everybody's lives, like it or not. So for myself personally, <clears throat> my companies are doing better than ever because we're in position for it. We could see it coming. Well, a lot of people thought, well, the good times are here. You know, just before it crashed, the stock market was making all new time highs. But that's when the suckers come in. If you don't think about investing, the losers come in at the top, you know, and then they get wiped out. So uh, it's really a, a matter of sitting down, self-introspection, what caused me to get here? Why did I get here? Why am I not happy or why am I in trouble? Why am I worried? And those are some of the best questions you can ask yourself and then figure what you could do differently. Yeah, I really like that. I think introspection is the key to uh, having a blessed life uh, is what I would say. And I'm glad we started out on that little spiritual note with Eckhart Tolle. Uh, there seems to be, we're all being called, in my opinion, to step into greater versions of ourselves. And that may not feel right to somebody that's right now just lost their job and, and they're sitting around wondering what the next step is. But I have to say, like you said, that that is the time we step into that greater understanding of what's possible for ourselves. And if we've been playing small, uh, especially in the financial areas, that, that's your expertise, um, then it's time to step up into, into some new ways of thinking. You know, in, uh, in your book, you write about mindset a lot, the mindset about, uh, you know, the rich dad, the poor dad. In today's economic crisis, would you say that mindset still applies? The, the, um, you know, how, does that, how do we relate to that today in today's challenges? Yeah, 100% it is. It is mindset. Like, I'll give you an example is that my first business, I, was, I flew for the U.S. Marine Corps and um, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. My poor dad wanted me to go fly for United Airlines. Thank God I didn't because those guys, all my friends lost their pensions, you know, because that's what's going on in the world today. Wall Street and those guys are ripping everybody off with these horrible financial packages. But anyway, so my poor dad says, go fly for United. <clears throat> and my rich dad says, become an entrepreneur. But I didn't have the skills to be an entrepreneur. 
You know what I mean? Was, I had the skills to be a pilot, but not an entrepreneur. And so part of the self-evaluation is asking yourself, what skills do I need to move forward here? And the number one skill I had to, and all entrepreneurs have to learn, like you have to learn, is communication skills, how to sell, how to get your point across. Because yeah, nobody's just waiting to blindly accept your message. So I spent four years after getting out of the Marine Corps, <clears throat> I went to work for the Xerox Corporation to learn how to sell. And that was the hardest thing I could do. You know, I mean, I could fly in and kill people, but I couldn't sell them something. You know, it was a completely different mindset, different emotional set, different skill sets, everything. So I had to metamorphosize and become somebody, the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps trained me to be something, but I, I can't do that in downtown Honolulu, you know? So. <laughs> I, I had to, I had to uh, learn how to sell. And, and the irony of it is, I, you know, I flunked out of high school twice because I can't write. But today, I'm known as a best-selling author. Nobody ever said I was the best writing author, the best-selling author. <laughs> and, 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 you know, Ken, a lot of people write books, but they don't sell any. So, again, it's, it's the mindset upon what skills you need to acquire. Because if you're going to move up and out, <clears throat> it's going to require new skill sets. Like if I wanted to be a plumber, I'd have to go take plumbing classes. And so really, that's, that's kind of, just kind of rewiring yourself right now. But I think, you know, that's, that's a really good point about the rewiring. I think yeah. people, you know, in our country today, as you mentioned entrepreneurship, I think last statistic I saw, 15% of the people were entrepreneurs and the 85% basically work for the entrepreneurs. I think that change, that's changing rapidly, but I think it has to change. It, you know, it's, it's something that shifts inside of us. What do you think that shift is? Or you know, you've made several shifts over the years from, you know, from pilot to, you know, somebody that can write to, to someone that has a multi-million dollar company to, you know, being married. There's a lot of shifts. What, how do people shift though, Robert? How do they, how do they get there? Well, it's, you know, I always say choose your teachers wisely. Mm. And you gotta be very careful who your teachers are. For example, when I was still in the Marine Corps and I was considering being an entrepreneur, of course, my poor dad, the academic, you know, a PhD, he says, go get your MBA. So while I was still flying out of Hawaii for the Marine Corps, I signed up for night classes in my MBA program at the University of Hawaii. And I was sound asleep within seconds. You know, I wondered what, why, did I, why wasn't I happy here? And I realized the teachers in the MBA program were what I call fake teachers. They taught subjects that they didn't practice. You know what I mean? When I went to flight school, I knew my instructors could fly because I flew with them. But in traditional education, a lot of teachers do not practice what they teach. Now that's not good or bad. I just said, well, I better choose my teachers carefully, wisely. Because, you know, this brain and your heart and your spirit are priceless to you. So if you have somebody who is giving you bad information, it'll screw you up for a long time. You know what I mean? So lesson number one is choose your teachers wisely. And that's why I had to choose between my poor dad, a PhD, and my rich dad, an entrepreneur, with no education. And so it was a matter of finding out what was their life's path and what was my poor dad's life's path. They're both good men. My poor dad died poor because he lost his job at 53. And uh, he had no, no job, no paycheck, no pension. <clears throat> and I had just come back from Vietnam. 
And that's when he told me to fly for United Airlines. And I said, well, I'd be just like you. But he didn't have the skills to get out of where he was at. He was good as a, you know, a school teacher, you know, a college and high school, I mean, a, you know, a school system administrator, the superintendent. But he didn't have the skills from my rich dad's world. And he didn't want to get them. So he hung out with his fellow school teachers and all went broke together. <laughs> that's, that's life, you know, that's, that's, that's the real world, George. Well, I'm, I'm laughing because I've surrounded myself with some of those people in my life. And um, I, I remember in the, uh, the uh, 2008, I had uh, surrounded myself with some, some people that I trusted and really looked up to, but they weren't in the same business as mine. And what, what I did was I got advice from people that didn't really understand my business which really impacted the business for quite a while. So I think you're absolutely right. You know, how, who we surround ourselves with makes such a difference. Um, I got to take a quick break before I do though. Um, uh, and, and we'll come back. And when I come back, I want to talk about uh, your prediction about the uh, biggest stock market crash in history. Have we seen it? Are we coming into it? What's happening here? So I want to talk about that when we come back. So, I'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're visiting with Robert Kiyosaki. Thank you. Well, welcome back, everybody. This is your host, Ken D. Foster. And before I get to my guest, I just want to give a quick shout out to one of my sponsors. If you or your company or organization is out to change the world and you need a PR team that produces results, then Wasabi Publicity is the perfect fit. They've been recognized by PR Week, Good Morning America, for their innovative businesses practices. So if you are an author, a speaker, a organization committed to making a difference and you want to get your message out, then I encourage you to go to wasabipublicity.com and schedule a call with their CEO, Drew Gerber. That's wasabipublicity.com, W-A-S-A-B-I, publicity.com. With perspectives on money and investing that often contradict conventional wisdom, Robert Kiyosaki has earned an international reputation for straight talk, irreverence, and courage, and has become a passionate and outspoken advocate for financial education. That's who I'm speaking with right now, Robert. I'm so glad we're uh, talking today. All right, let's get into your prediction. <laughs> I like to talk about schools too in a minute, but let's get into your prediction about uh, uh, the, wh where are we with this? Are we having a financial yeah. crash? Is it going to be big? What, what do you, what's your projection right now? Well, uh, in 1999, I started working on this book called Rich Dad's Prophecy. And the prophecy was that there would be three waves. So the first wave hit in tw 2000, it was a dot-com crash. The second wave hit in 2008, and that was the uh, subprime market crash. I was on CNN with Wolf Blitzer in January of 2008, saying that Lehman Brothers was gonna go down, and Lehman Brothers went down in September, six months later. But I said the biggest crash was gonna come around 2016, so this, so I was predicting 16 years out. But what I didn't foresee 
what the reason it didn't come in 2016 was I never foresaw quantitative easing or zero, zero interest rate policies. Never, you know, how can you have zero interest rates? Right. And how can, a, how can we print so much money to save the rich? That's all they did was bail out the rich, right. which I think is pretty criminal. So anyway, instead of 2016, that giant crash in history hit in March 2020, two months ago. It was the biggest crash in world history. And most people didn't notice it because they're in, at home hiding in their, you know, under social distancing. So the crash came. And my concern is, if you look at the historical trends, there's a 90-year trend. So the last depression was 1929. So 90 years from that is 2020. So I hope I'm wrong, but I think we've just entered the next depression. And if you study history, which I'm a history buff, <coughs> the 1929 crash, that, depre that depression lasted 25 years. And so it went, it went from 1929 to 1933, it got worse, and then we entered a depression. So it was 25 years measured against the Dow Jones Industrial Average. So in 1929, Nine, the Dow was at uh, 381. It took till 1954 to hit 381 again. So the reason entrepreneurship is so important is because this is now a global depression we might be going into. And the idea of job security, as you and I know, is a myth. You know, with artificial intelligence and all these inventions coming along. So the way out for most people is entrepreneurship. You know, not looking for a safe, secure job or a paycheck and a pension, which just was a downfall of my poor dad, the PhD. Well, you know, uh, I, I went to the grocery store the other day and started, uh, you know, I bought, I bought a, uh, it, I was at Albertsons, I think it was, a local store out here. And uh, I noticed that food prices had risen uh, quite a bit. We're, we're talking 25, 30% on, uh, on some, some items. Is that our future? Uh, is that is that how I know gas is down, but all of a sudden food prices are up. It's it's kind of confusing to me. Well, I'm afraid it is because the number one cause of the crash isn't the coronavirus. It's our debt. We've never been we're the biggest debtor nation in the history of the world. So everybody's got to you know it's like you have a big mortgage on your house. You have to raise your prices to pay for your mortgage. So since we're, I think we're, I don't know, we're 216 trillion in debt, depending on how you measure it. And with derivatives, we've now pushed into the quadrillion debt line. And everybody's in debt. I think it's criminal what they're doing to our young people, loading them up with student loan debt. And the main reason all this debt happens is because, you know, a question I always ask people, what did school teach you about money? The answer is nothing. And so a guy like me gets richer because my rich dad taught me to how to use debt and not pay tax. Those are educational processes, which I, I went through over all these years. But most people are taught to get out of debt and to pay taxes. I know he's not the most popular guy, especially in California, it's Donald Trump. Right. But he and I have written two books together and we got together as teachers of what the rich teach our kids. He's a, he's a good man when it comes to the teaching side. He's a president, and he's got some shortcuts. But anyway, he, um, he and I were teaching people how to use debt and taxes. And the reason he ever releases tax returns is, as most of you know, the rich don't pay taxes. I don't pay taxes either. 
legally, but they'll never teach you that in school. And that's why I wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad back in 19, or at least Rich Dad, Poor Dad 1997, and wrote Prophecy about the biggest stock market crash coming in 2016, which came in 2020. Because without financial education, we're gonna crush a lot of people. They estimate that 1.5 million people will die at home. Wow, not, not from the virus, but from the stress-related issues around money, around uh, uh, you know, stressful family situations and that type of thing. Right. And then <laughs> there's, a, there's a cartoon with this guy. It's on, it's on YouTube. The guy says, okay, i give you two choices, A or B. A, stay at home with your wife and kids. B, <laughs> yeah. he wants out. He wants out. Yeah, yeah, he wants out. Yeah, give me the virus, right? <laughs> yeah. So what this guy was saying is that we're not looking at the human toll of being cooped up, worried about money, not having, you know, not, no money coming in, food, kids, schooling, everything has changed. Yeah. So that's why I say to people that the salvation is this iPhone, you know, the Apple iPhone or whichever one you use, is the most powerful tool ever created for an entrepreneur. You know, it was designed to make you rich if you use it for that. Mm -hmm. But the reason people can't use the power of that iPhone is because the power isn't in their head yet. Because they went to school to work for a job, look for a job or drive Uber or something. But that iPhone is really the most powerful entrepreneurial tool in history, but we've not, been, we've not trained our minds, our bodies, our souls to use it. I make more money off my iPhone in a month than most people make in a life in a, in a year. You know, I'm just doing social media stuff. And I'm just teaching what I'm doing and all this. God bless YouTube, you know? <laughs> That's so, good. That's good. Well, you know, I, I, had, I have an idea too. I, I, think, <clears throat> I think we might, uh, you know, instead of mandating stay at home orders or close down your business or wear mask orders or close down our beaches and parks, why don't we mandate exercise, mandate healthy eating, mandate classes in our school on money and nutrition, mandate doctors to take up uh, uh, learning how to build immune systems up, mandate our governor officials to take classes on common sense. That's my uh, opinion. <laughs> You're an optimist. You're an optimist. <laughs> anyway, um, but I think you make a, a really good point in, um, in that iPhone. Um, when you're saying use the iPhone, because some people that's just going right over their head. Right. Um, let's just talk about that. So give me, give me a couple ideas of how somebody can use their iPhone today to make money. Well, I just started tweeting, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm one of those guys who can't use an iPhone. I have to have somebody show me how to, you know, somebody younger than me. Right. Right. But that's one way. Uh, I have a lot of YouTube posts now. Uh, the best teachers for entrepreneurs are on YouTube. You know, there's, there's guys like George Gammon, uh, Patrick Bet David, uh, Jim Rogers. I mean, there's so many great teachers and it's free. It's free. I mean, it's just the most amazing, amazing tool. And, but if you're still sitting at home looking for a job, the iPhone or not getting the skills, you know, if you want to be a plumber, you need to have the skills of a plumber, not getting the skill and the mindset of an entrepreneur. So the iPhone goes to waste. So they're tweeting and social media where you could be learning from other entrepreneurs. 
That's really good. Well, I'd like to kind of switch it up a little bit. You have a, a book out called Who Stole My Pension? You co-authored it with former SEC attorney and pension fraud expert, Edward, uh, let's see, he Seidel. And um, I'd like to talk a little bit about that book. Um, and why, first of all, why'd you write that book? Let's talk, let, me, let me ask you that. Well, both Edward and I were, were about the same vintage. We both had fathers with no pensions and it hurt the family. Mm. My father, his father was a CIA operative in Uganda and Idi Amin had him killed. And he, he took care of the body. So Ed's father, Edward's father, mm. uh, they, they couldn't make any claims because there was no body. And that affected it because it affected his family. So, because they, they were, you know, the State Department wasn't much help in finding his CIA agent dad. So with me, when I came back from Vietnam in 72, my dad was unemployed, no paycheck, no job, no pension. And he was a rich man until that moment. So in 73, no, 73, I kind of got a glimpse of the future. I said, my generation, the baby boom generation, something inside of me said, it's going to happen to us too, my, the baby boomers. And so as I was saying is that, you know, my if I had flown for United Airlines, their pension was stolen also. UPS had their pension stolen. You're living in California, you know CalPERS is broke. And you look at uh, Kentucky where uh, Mitch McConnell is from. Mitch McConnell said, used the word bankruptcy for the state of Kentucky. The reason for that is because their teachers, firefighters, and police officers pension went to a single digit. What that means is if, if you need $100, Single digit means they only have $9 to pay the pensions of the teachers, firefighters, and police officers. Now, the problem is, it's not the pension. The problem is Wall Street loots them. It's theft. It's complete theft. And they get paid bonuses to do it. So, you know, and it's not, it's not I, I hate calling those guys on Wall Street crooks, but they are and they get bonuses for it. You know, that 2008 crash, the subprime crash, millions of, you know, 4.5 million Americans lost their homes and how many millions lost their jobs and all that. Not one of those guys who caused the crash, which was criminal, That's was right. arrested. They, they were paid bonuses. There's something rotten in the soul of America. And until we find our courage to say, I don't, I'm not gonna put up with this anymore. So, so that's, that's yeah. so drives me. So that's why Ed, Ted Sedell and I wrote Who's Told My Pension is because the baby boomers don't have a pension. There, there's not going to be there. It's going to be the biggest catastrophe going. At the same time, America goes broke and you look at the, you know, the, um, what do you call them, Gen Xers and the uh, millennials, they're not going to have a pension. So it's a brave new world. It's a brave new world. By the way, I'm going to give a quick plug for a book I wrote. It's called The Courage to Change Everything, Daily uh, Strategies and Essential Wisdom to Awaken Your Inner Genius, because that's what we need right now. I, I, uh, I believe what you're saying is absolutely right on. Uh, you know, Social Security and the golden year retirement scenarios uh, are really, uh, they've, they've, bit, they've disappeared. It's not really there. I mean, it's an illusion that's there. So if, if that's not going to be there for you, what is going to be there? You know, what, what is your hit on the future here? What, what, what do we need to do as a nation, as an individual, to uh, assure our bright future? 
Well, that's why I always ask the question, what does school teach you about money? Nothing. So at that point, you know, some of your listeners will behoove themselves and say, maybe I'd better start learning about money. And that's why I wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> the irony of it is Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a book on accounting. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was in the MBA program, the accounting was the most seriously boring subject. But it's because the, 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 the accounting teacher was not an accountant. You know, they taught accounting, but they were not accountants. Whereas I learned accounting from my rich dad. And so it's entrepreneurial accounting, which is different than academic accounting. But if you understand accounting, you can take back control of your, your, your lives. Because if you don't control your money, somebody else will control your money. And so that's why so many people say, well, what should I do with my money? I got $10,000, what should I do with it? So the first thing you should do is keep your mouth shut and don't tell people I'm an idiot with $10,000. <laughs> because if you don't know what to do with your $10,000, a lot of people out there will tell you what to do with it. Isn't that the truth? Listen, I got to take a quick break. Uh, when I come back, um, there's a rumor floating out there. I just heard two days ago, and I, I, I don't know if you know about this, they're talking about the uh, U.S. government has uh, some type of, instead of Federal Reserve note, a secured note that supposedly it started to trade. I don't know if you know anything about that, but we'll talk about that when yeah. I take a break. Thank you. Well, welcome back, everybody. This is your host, Ken D. Foster. Today, our show is called The Courage to Create Wealth, um, interviewing rich dad, poor dad, mostly rich dad today, Robert Kiyosaki, who is uh, giving us some insights and some wisdom on uh, how to shift, how to pivot, how to take care of yourself during this time, and some of the strategies that we need to really up-level our thinking so that we get, don't get caught in the coming waves that are happening in society today uh, monetarily. Uh, before I get to Robert, I just wanna give a quick shout out to a group here in the uh, San Diego area, although they're around the world these days. It's called Women's Wisdom. Uh, they were founded in 1991. Uh, if you're a woman entrepreneur and you'd like to grow your business and also grow your life, this is a great group to do it. They bring in celebrity speakers um, every two weeks, uh, it's all online. And you can check out uh, this group at womenswisdom.net. Again, womenswisdom.net. All righty. Again, best known for uh, as an author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. My guest today is Robert Kiyosaki. And Robert, um, did you, uh, I, I want to explore that one 
thought I had uh, right before the break. Um, anything you've heard about security-backed uh, U.S. is issuing anything new, secured-backed uh, 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 money of any kind? Uh, it's my subject. I personally don't trust anything the, the U.S. produces because I study the monetary and the fiscal systems. Yeah. And the United States is in serious trouble, so I wouldn't touch anything. That's why I, I suggest people to go to God's money, which is gold or silver, and Bitcoin. You want to get away from a centralized central banks and stuff like that. So um, I just don't trust my government. You know, as a, as a pilot in Vietnam, I had to ask myself, why am I killing these people? Why are we here? And, that, and, and I think those are the questions I ask. And I don't trust the U.S. dollar. It's, just, it's the strongest currency in the world, but it's, it's just the strongest in a pile of crummy currencies. So that's why I've been saying to people, you know, silver today is about 15. You can buy a silver coin for about $20. So everybody can afford one. I call them sleeping pills, gold coins and silver coins, not ETFs, nothing in paper. So I call them sleeping pills because the more gold and silver I have, the better I sleep. Because <laughs> right, now, right now, the government's printing trillions, yeah. trillions, trillions. And some of the things they're doing, in my opinion, are criminal. Like just now, you know, the Fed bailed out Wall Street in 2008. And just a couple of weeks ago, the Treasury bailed out the Fed. We're going down. And that's why you want to be an entrepreneur. That Women's Network sounds fabulous. Hang out with other entrepreneurs. And really start thinking different. Prepare to be an entrepreneur, and you might have a better chance than hanging on to a job security and a pension. And those are the thoughts behind most people's ears right now. Well, you know, I, I, I do believe there is a, a growing consciousness in America that um, – you know, this printing of money, this uh, deepening of our debt, um, just even the way it was done. Let me, let's, let's print up a trillion dollars and we'll give that to the banks to distribute to the, to the business owners who will now pay back interest to the banks. They get service fees. I mean, it's just, uh, it's kind of ludicrous um, for a lot of us. And, you know, we've seen many other currencies devalued. We've seen Mexico, Iran, uh, Taiwan. I mean, how many how many currencies around the world do we have to look at that uh, that were devalued uh, to really nothing? Um, is that is that a possibility here in our, the United States? Is that gonna? Do you think that's a possibility? Do you think it could happen in the next three three months to three years? I'd say it's inevitable. It's a poorly designed currency. And so that's why in 1971, Nixon took us off the gold standard. What people did not realize, for it, for do, the dollar is debt. So for the economy to expand, they had to find the next group of suckers to get into debt. So what happened is in 2008, the reason I was watching, because I have thousands of real estate properties. And I use debt to buy it. I use debt to get rich. Most people use debt to get poor. So anyway, um, they needed to find more people to get into debt. So they found the poorest people, which were subprime borrowers. And they signed them up for this debt. They repackaged that debt at MBS's mortgage-backed securities, and they sold it to the world, and they sold it to pension funds. So it's Wall Street's weapons of mass destruction that are destroying the world. I mean, the entire world. So between two, you know, 
who stole my pension with Ed, Ted Sedell and I. In 2020 to 2030, two billion baby boomers will and turn 65. Two billion, and they don't have any money. And those guys with this 401ks, which came out around 1974, most of them don't have enough money to survive. So the biggest crisis following this whole Corona stuff is going to be pensions. And I'll say it again, you know, the cell phone gives you all this power to be an entrepreneur, but you got to think like an entrepreneur. If the cell phone is only as powerful as you are. And uh, you said, you said one more thing you talked about is it wasabi publicity or something? Right, Wasabi publicity. Mm -hmm. I, I want to let you guys know, you should check them out because PR is the way to go. PR is the entrepreneur's friend. You know, it was PR that got public relations, got me onto the Oprah Winfrey show back in 2000. If I hadn't got an Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, you would never heard of Rich Dad Poor Dad. You know what I mean? I didn't advertise on her show, but my PR agent got me on her show. And if you understand, you think like an entrepreneur, you say, well, I don't want to spend the money on a PR person. I said, well, then just sit at home and suck your thumb. You know? It's, it's, you got to think like an entrepreneur, not an employee. That's right. And, you know, entrepreneurs, while we're on that subject, um, employees, employees like to know the next step. They like to be in control. They like to know how you know, they go into job. They know they're going to work today. They know how much they're going to make today. They, uh, entrepreneurs are a different animal. <clears throat> we, we're okay walking into the unknown. And, and figuring it out as we go and hiring and surrounding ourselves with really amazing people that know a heck of a lot more than me. At least that's how I do it. Robert, how do you do it? <laughs> well, first of all, a lot of people think there's some mystery about being an entrepreneur. It's not that big a deal. Right. In neighborhood, I live in a fairly affluent neighborhood, been there for 20 years now. And there was this young, she was about probably 14, and she'd come around, knock on my door, say, can I polish her shoes? And she, yeah, rich parents. She says, well, my parents want me to learn to be an entrepreneur. So I, I had my shoes and she'd polish them and all this. And she put herself through college and she never asked, she didn't want a student loan. We all have it in us. But I think it's been bred out of us. If you don't want to go to school, get a job, save money, get out of debt, invest in the stock market. And that formula is dead. It died March of 2020. It died. The world changed. Remember, every 90 years, there is a major reset. And so March of 2020 was that reset. The way out, I believe, for most people is entrepreneurship, especially if you're you know, a restaurant worker or a you know, service industry worker. It's really time to re reprogram this here and your heart and your soul and say, how can I serve more people? That's what you're doing. That's all I do, you know? Uh, and yeah, those, those are very wise words, and I believe that uh, <clears throat> those are words that um, can switch uh, the focus from focusing on maybe where the virus came from, who did it, who didn't do it, how it's going to impact me to a place of, all right, what do I do next? How do I take care of this body? What were the dreams I left on the table that I'm willing to step into right now? What's your thought on that? That's exactly it, because you think that, you know, tomorrow's going to be like yesterday. I think you're in La La Land. But, the, you know, the guy that I, I used to inspire people, because I'm one of the old guys now, just turned 73. But Colonel Sanders had his little chicken shop 
you know, destroyed by a new highway. So at 66, Colonel Sanders went around, you know, wherever he went around, knocking on doors, I, I got a chicken recipe. And that chicken recipe <laughs> turned into KFC, you know what I mean? So at 66, he just re-engineered himself. So, and we all have it in us. It's in our body, mind, our spirits. And plus we have the emotion of fear and rejection and failure and pain. But that's where your spirit comes in and you carry you over that. And every rejection, every failure is an opportunity to learn something. Like, you know, when I started the nylon and Velcro surfer wallet business, my first big business, I lost $850,000, which back in the 70s was massive. And in retrospect, it was the best thing that happened to me because $850,000 meant I couldn't go back and get a job to pay it back. See what I mean? The debt was so big. I'm unemployed, I'm in the streets, I'm, I'm living in people's houses. And then I had to use my brain again to figure out a new business so I could pay off the old business. And that's why I became an entrepreneur because I was kind of paying off the last losses, but I got smarter and smarter and smarter and finally I got ahead of the curve. And everybody's got it in them if you have, you know, I love your word, courage. You know, the word courage comes from the French word, le coeur, your heart. And you have the heart of an entrepreneur, the spirit of an entrepreneur. And we all do, but it's just been too easy to get a job. When you were sitting there and you'd lost everything, so I think a lot of people can relate to that. They feel like they've lost everything, and some of them have. Yeah. What was at your core? It was How did you tune into that soul of yourself, that, that, that courage, and, and really allow that to start to come out? How, what, what, is, what is that for, for you, Robert? Well, like I said, I couldn't turn back. You know what I mean? I, I was watching There's the bridge. There was no bridge to go back. Yeah, there was, there was cliff on one side or I go forward. And uh, like I saw this picture of a, of a, a mother uh, forest pig in South America or something. And she had some babies and this leopard came in and attacked her. She had no place to go. She ripped the crap out of that leopard. I'm like, wow. So we all have it in us. That's why I love your word, courage. Le coeur, your heart. That's where it comes from. We all have it but it's been too easy not to call on it. So sometimes for some of us, it takes a big disaster to find the courage. And for other people, if they don't find the courage, it's the end of the line for them. And pain, is a, pain is a great motivator of men. And when we're feeling the pain, that's time to change. And you know, that, that's where, when we, when we realize, I'm not going, I love what you said, I'm not going back. There's nothing to go back to, it's gone. Uh, you know, prior to uh, February uh, of this year, it, it, it's gone. That life is over. It's gone. It's done. There's nothing. We're not going back to nothing that was there. What we are doing is we are recreating ourselves and recreating our businesses. And we are looking at, you're either going to visualize a bright future or you're going to visualize something that's dull and dim and your worry and fear and stress and all those things. And if you do visualizing that, you're probably going to be one of the people who lead the planet because that's what's impacting our immune systems. Just my thought on that. What's your thought on that? <laughs> uh, you, you, said it, you said it the best. You know, like I had, I had nothing but cliff behind me. 
<laughs> the interesting thing, my business partner, he just sold his business, same that wallet, that wallet business. We went broke together and we were like depressed for months, but he just sold this business for 1.8 billion on January 15, 2020. He put a billion dollars in the bank. Now, if we hadn't had that up against the wall, up against the cliff experience, I don't know if he would have got as far as he did or I got as far as I did. Okay. You know, it's a test of the soul, test of your spirit, test of your mind. And I think for people sitting at home or worried about, you know, how they put food on the table for the kids, that's the test. Well, you know, I'll say in the, um, my first business, well, one of my first businesses, I had one before that, I, I opened a chain of waterbed stores and that waterbed stores went, went broke. That business went broke. And it took me about 10 years to recover from that, if you yeah. can believe it. Even though I started another business six months, not even a month later, it took me 10 years to recover from that because I had a belief that was instilled in me by my, by my dad that said, you only get one shot. You get one chance. And he supported that with other relatives that went broke and that died drunks. You know? And I was like, wow, okay, I guess I have my one chance. But that was just false. It's just a false belief that was passed down by someone. I think my point is this. Um, what's the new story that people should be telling themselves about what, uh, where they're going here? Well, it's like I said before, some of the greatest teachers are on YouTube right now. So I just make it a habit of finding great teachers. And if, they're, if they inspire you, just check them out and stay with them. But that's the whole new narrative. This idea of go to school to get a job is an obsolete idea. I mean, universities are in trouble today. You know, why should people go to school and get in student loan debt? So the best teachers are now on YouTube. And if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you don't need a college degree. You're going to be a doctor or an accountant, you need a college degree. But to be an entrepreneur, you don't. The other thing too is this is the big difference is Entrepreneurs, they're small entrepreneurs and they're smart entrepreneurs. And smart entrepreneurs have a team. You know, so I have the best bookkeeper, accountants, PR person, account lawyers and all this. And so it, as I got bigger, I kept looking for my team. And the reason I win is because I have a great team. I'm not the smartest guy. I don't want to be the smartest guy. I was never a smart school. But I have a great team. And the team is a thing called a holistic learning unit. So this Friday, my accountants, my attorneys and all this, will be on a Zoom call. And we're going to be discussing the contrast between Bill Gates and Robert Kennedy Jr. and the vaccination process. You know? And we do that because, because everybody's got different points of view. So we go on the Zoom call for one hour. My cardiologist will be on it. And we all discuss. We learn together. Because this is your greatest asset. But if you're sitting alone and trying to study by yourself, that's old school. I mean, I do mean school literally. You know, in school, you take the test on your own. In the business world, we take tests as a team. And if you have a very good team, you can survive whatever test is sent your way. But my poor dad, being an academic PhD, Stanford, University of Chicago, Northwestern, he tried to solve his money problems on his own. He could be a PhD in school, but he was not a PhD in the business world. But his, his living in the past, I have a PhD, kept him stuck, kept him small. 
And we've all seen these, they're academic geniuses, but real life morons. The world's full of those guys. They're full of them. Well, listen, I got to take a quick break. When I come back, though, I'd like to, I'd like to uh, explore that, that, uh, that team concept a little more, that mastermind concept. And also, I want to talk a little bit about what you just said uh, about the, um, uh, the um, uh, what's going on maybe with this uh, virus mindset in the world and uh, vaccination mindset. Let, let's just take a little deep dive in that. You got a few more minutes, Robert? Yeah. Okay, great. I'll uh, take a quick break. We'll be right back. We'll dive into that. Well, I'd like to welcome everybody back. This is Ken D. Foster, your host for the Voices of Courage show. Today, our show is called The Courage to Create Wealth. And we're talking... Uh, real wealth. We're talking uh, not just monetary wealth. We're talking about wealth in all areas of your life today. My guest today is Robert Kiyosaki. He's best known for the Rich Dad, Poor Dad series, but he is a, uh, a fellow that uh, has created a lot of wealth in his life in a lot of different areas, not just monetarily. He's got some wisdom here, and we're exploring a little bit about, uh, about money, what the future of money looks like, and Maybe some of the causes, as I said in my last show, I'd like to take a little deeper dive into maybe some of the causes that are happening here as you're listening to this show. Um, you know, I, I also, Robert, have a, a group that I've been meeting with of doctors for the last uh, several weeks. I've got doctors in New York. I've got doctors over here in L.A. and Cedar sinai And so I've been getting the information uh, on the front lines from them. I also have uh, my family has six nurses in them, so they're all on the front lines. And um, so I'm getting some very interesting uh, information out. And, uh, you know, what I'm finding is that uh, a lot of the hospitals are just, uh, you know, across the country are very slow. They're sending doctors and nurses home at some of the areas. Other, other areas like New York, uh, they're very busy. So we're all in the same storm. We're not in the same boat. Um, so what, what do you, what, what's your hit on, on you know, what, what's happening out there? And should we pay attention to everything that's going on um, that's, that's coming to us from the media? You're touching a very hot subject. That's why, uh, that's why it's Friday. My team gets together and we're going to discuss it. But um, I, was, I, I don't tweet, but I just started to tweet. And I said something about the vaccine. And my tweet went from like maybe five or 600 likes to 17,000. And all I said was, I don't want that vaccine. And it exploded. Now on the dark side, the trolls came in also. Keep your mouth shut, da 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 da. You take that vaccine, I will kill you. So I'm going, what? You know, it's like I stepped on a dog. Right, you stepped on a mine. Yeah, I had no idea. And all I said is, I want my freedom to choose what I put in my body. So naturally, you know, the tin hat there, all this conspiracy comes up that Bill Gates is going to inject us and all this other stuff, you know. So since it was such a, it's a it's, this is, this, this event is the biggest event in world history. We're in the middle of it today. So, and if it's about the coronavirus and it's about money because the economy is collapsing underneath of it. So that's my, that's why my team, my, holistic learning unit, we get together every Friday at 1.30, we come in via Zoom and we discuss. 
because that's how we unify. Not everybody agrees. It's not about agreeing. It's just to share their points of view and discuss very important topics. So it unifies us. So I don't know much about that. I just don't want to be forced to take a, a, a vaccine. Another thing I found out is my, my, my doctor is out of New York. And he says, what they don't tell you is that they're actually stacking the number of bodies. They just found another 1,700 bodies that died earlier. But he says, what they don't tell you is that most of the people are poor. And it's their diets that are poor. And they don't have good health care. So those are the people that are dying. So what you're saying is take care of yourself, be responsible, you know, go out in the sun. I'm at, I'm at a doctor's office right now getting vitamin drips because I don't take oral vitamin, I take vitamin drips and all those things. But if you don't have the money, you're more susceptible. You know, you're eating at McDonald's every day. Nothing wrong with McDonald's, but you know, I like McDonald's. But it's not, a, not as a steady diet. So it's really the, the, the COVID crisis is really an economic crisis, but a socioeconomic crisis. It's the poor and the old who don't, can't afford regular health care that are the most, you know, probably 50% of the target market. Well, I, I like you, have done a lot of research uh, uh, on this, and uh, it is a socioeconomic spiritual um, crisis. Um, it's, it's, we're fighting for the soul of our nation right now. And um, what, I, what I keep seeing is, by the way, you know, the Gates issues, um, there's, there's a lot of, I've watched a lot on, on Gates and who and uh, what's going on. Um, one of the challenging things I have with that is, is, and I'll just throw my two cents in there, is uh, uh, World Health Organization is really, um, has set the standards for a lot of people around the world, a lot of countries around the world, what to do, what not to do, when to shut down, when not to shut down. And in their, um, they have 12 mandates. In, their, in uh, six of their mandates, uh, it's basically to vaccinate. Um, Gates has come out and said that on uh, several programs that uh, for us to come back out in the world, we need to vaccinate. Fauci said that uh, there are some connections between them. I'm not the expert on any of that. All I, all I see is that the experts uh, who have the, the MDs and the PhDs and that have studied this for many, many, many years, there's many of them that are aligning with their, with their courage to come out and, and speak the truth. We had, uh, my biggest issue is censorship. We had two doctors in California, uh, Curtis County, right? Censorship. They're censoring, yeah. they're censoring the media. Uh, yeah. Censoring Google's Google's uh, president, uh, the the woman that's the CEO of Google, is coming out and saying, "Well, we, we you know we we've determined uh, what is uh, adversarial, basically." She has a different word to our uh, to the world, and we're going to censor you. What's up with that? That's exactly my complaint. It's not the vaccine, right? How can you take you know another friend of this guy, London Real Brian Rose? He got taken off. You know, it's, that's First Amendment. You know, so, social distancing is also First Amendment. That's right. The right to gather. And just, and so, and then how can these guys, you know, I saw that guy in Santa Monica Pier on a paddleboard. He was social distance all the way. They still arrest him because he's on a paddleboard. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's gotten, this is fascism. That, doesn't it make you want to show up to that guy's court date and just, you know, have a group of people say this, this is in, in send every attorney in their first amount. 
Amendment rights to attorneys, people that are practicing constitutional law, and come in there and just support this guy. That is yeah. so wrong. And, uh, you know, it's this, uh, I know better than you know, <laughs> mentality um, yeah. from individuals that really don't know better. They, they really don't. Um, and, you know, like, like today's, I, I, I have private, I have what they call concierge healthcare. Today's going to cost me about 10,000 bucks. That's how much my health is important to me. Now I feel for the person who can't afford Medicare. Do you know what I mean? And that's the problem. And so it comes back down to my favorite subject is where's the money? You know, and what is money? And so the underlying condition in America is debt the same as it is for coronavirus. It's that they can't afford health care. It's no financial education in our schools. And so the poor get poor. It's tragic. I mean, it's, it's, it's one big holistic system that's killing all of us. It's all over the world, too. It's the same as the pensions. Every pension across the world is broke. Why? Because Wall Street, the biggest export of Wall Street are toxic assets, like subprime debt and mortgage-backed securities, CLOs. Debt is, debt is killing us. And the reason for that is the economy cannot grow unless we get into debt. That's why, you know, you get tax breaks if you go into debt, but you get taxed if you work for money. So it, it's just, that, that's what they don't teach you. And, so and it's not. <laughs> it's flipped. It's flipped. Why, yeah. is it, why is it flipped? Why is that flipped? What do we need to do to change that up, Robert? I don't know, but that's, that's why I wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad in 97. Yeah. I created my cash flow board game because I learned everything about money, playing Monopoly. I still play Monopoly. I have fun, you know. And Can we talk about your board game uh, just for a second? Uh, there are a lot of people that, uh, that don't have your board game um, that haven't played it yet. Um, what, what does the game teach you? Well, the purpose of the game is called neuroplasticity. Okay, so it means you, the purpose of the game is to rewire your brain. So like, let's say you, go, you never played golf and you go out, you get a golf club. It's the most, you know, nothing uglier than a new golfer. <laughs> but the more they practice and take lessons, you're rewiring or the neuroplasticity of your brain is coming so that you start thinking, acting like a golfer. The cash flow board game, you play it over and over and over and over again. You're rewiring your brain. And you start thinking like an entrepreneur, not an employee. That's my whole game. So the game is around a financial statement, income statement, balance sheet, statement of cash flow. Your banker, my banker has never asked me for my report card yet. My banker wants to see my financial statement. So when in 2008, when the markets crashed, I borrowed $300 million. Now the average person, well, how do I, how did you borrow $300 million? I have a financial statement that proves I know what I'm doing. But the average person, they're quick in books, but they don't have financial statements. So the game is played different at different levels of professionalism. So that's kind of what we, that we, that was the purpose of the game was to start teaching you to think like an entrepreneur or think like an investor, but it's called, you know, neuroplasticity of the brain. It's no different than learning how to putt or to swing a golf club. 
Where can people get the game these days, Robert? Uh, it's online. It sold out, which is a good thing. But I'm out of power. But uh, anyway, let's go to richdad.com. Some new games are coming in. You know, like I said, my business is booming because everybody's at home, home saying, what should I do? I said, the cash flow game. So people break out the game and they start having fun learning the most boring subject on earth, accounting. But you've got to know, you've got to know accounting. You don't have to be an accountant, but you've got to know accountancy and tax and debt if you're going to be a real entrepreneur. Interesting. I love it. And um, let me ask you a couple of quick uh, uh, thoughts here. What, what are you most proud of right now, Robert? Uh, gee, that's nothing I really think about. I'm just happy to uh, be of service. That's, and I, I just, I don't, you know, it's like you and I, we don't have to do this. I retired at 47. And the question is now, is that all there is? I made enough money, I was set for life. And then I ran into a man named Dr. Buck, R. Buckminster Fuller. He's, uh, he, he was a creator of the geodesic dome and all that. So I studied with him for three years, three summers. 81, 82, 83, and one day he just asked me, what are you here to do? I said, I'm just making money, and he scolded me. He says, that's a waste of a good mind. Why don't you help your fellow human beings? And uh, that scolding really changed my life. So that's why in 83, <clears throat> I saw, I was, in the, I was in the rock and roll business. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, it was fun. And I made wallets, hats, bags for the rock bands. I was at all the concerts. And due to Fuller kind of scolding, I just said, I better start teaching the world what my rich dad taught me. And so in many ways, I became my poor dad, but a teacher of my rich dad stuff. So that's when Fuller kind of scolding me, realized it's, it's time to give back. So, and it's not been easy, as you know, it's not easy because you're going up against, well, where's your PhD, where's this? One last thought, one last question here. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, what would you like to be remembered for? Those are, those are, those are things I, I, Ken, you know, Eckhart Tolle always says your biggest battle is your ego, right? Right. I'm doing my best because my ego is huge. You know what I mean? It's huge. I, let's pass this on right now. It's one of the best lessons I got from him. He says, suffering, every you are suffering at home right now. He says, suffering, the symptom of suffering is a battle between your spirit and your ego. And so I've suffered a lot because <laughs> I have a huge ego. You know, I have Ferraris, Rolls Royces, and all this stuff. My ego is massive. So I'm doing my best can to kind of tone it down. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Well, you know, in the, in the Bhagavad Gita, there's a, there's a picture, and the one that Yogananda wrote, there's a, pic, there's a picture of, uh, of uh, the sage Arjuna uh, with uh, in the mirror image of himself on the ground. And, uh, and the Arjuna on the ground has a thousand arrows in it, which basically represent the ego and how many arrows it takes to kill off that ego. <laughs> We're, we're all in that same boat, I'm afraid. <laughs> and, not, and not that the ego is bad, but it's, as, as uh, Tali talks about, it's got to be aware you have them. 
Well, that, that's right. If we didn't have an ego, you and I wouldn't be talking today. But it's it's nice to be able to know when the egos. If the egos running the show, you got a problem. <laughs> we all have. You know? That's it. So, Robert, thank you again for being on the show. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for spending so much time on the show today. And uh, for all of you that uh, are continuing to listen to Voices of Courage, um, if you like the great content and the insights, uh, then I encourage you to check out a few of our affiliates. Also, UK Health Radio, uh, E360 TV, and Talk Radio in New York City. All three networks are dedicated to empowering you to solve your problems, uplift your spirit, and become the best version of yourself. So I hope you'll check those networks out. Also, if you would like to get the replays of our show, you can listen to them at voicesofcourage.us. Let us know uh, your questions and comments on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope you